Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. This is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real life issues that will keep you motivated. Now, here's your host, Tech Misha. probably wondering why that song was played. Well, today's episode is about the epidemic that is covering everyone in the United States. 40,000 50,000 people a year are getting HIV in the USA. And some people are hiding their stats because they're too afraid to let people know or they don't want to get treated because they're afraid. But here with me, if you're in favor of this today, is a gentleman who has been through this epidemic and is living with it currently as of now. And his name is Nicholas Snow. And if you're not familiar with Nicholas Snow, he is a journalist, an author, actor, radio, and a television host. And he is openly gay about this. And if you do decide to call in, do so at 347-426-3751. The chat box will be open just for you. 
Nicholas, I'm glad that you're on today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on your show. Thank you, as well as to you, too. You're a renowned radio host, and you have been doing this for many, many years, but as well as doing this, you also bring awareness to other people who are afraid to come forward with this. What gets me is that, you know, we don't discuss about HIV because it's not a talked-about topic. It is not on the front line. Yes, and there's still, you know, even over 30 years into the AIDS epidemic, there's still a lot of stigma that exists uh, around the issue and against those of the, those of us who are living with HIV. And uh, one of the reasons, though, that it's so important, what, whether or not an individual wants to talk about this issue with someone else, what's really important is that every individual find out their own HIV status. Um, because the science has progressed so much that someone who knows their HIV status and begins to take medication can actually live a long and healthy life. For example, I don't sensitive, but because I discovered it early on and could start taking medication, it's keeping the HIV from progressing into AIDS. So, a lot of people, because they're afraid and because they're sort of in denial, uh, they don't have the test. And so they ultimately, if they're HIV positive, they end up finding out they have HIV because they wait long enough for the HIV to progress dramatically in their body. And then they start developing illnesses because of it. Then that is what mandates the medical care and the tests. So, it's a good idea for anyone who thinks they, there's any chance that they could be HIV positive to go in their in their local community and have a quick, safe, painless, uh, confidential, or anonymous HIV test. Right. So I guess the only way to figure not to get to the point where you're where you become sick is to just go get yourself tested as many times as possible. They're free. Go to your clinic. They give them to you. Take advantage of the opportunity if you have the time to do that, and everyone should want to take the time to do that because my help will come first priority before anything, before paying a bill or anything. Let your health come first because everything else is going to be around, but you'll, once you're gone, that's it. Everybody still, the clock still keep on ticking. Now, as far as it goes, with how long have you been openly gay, Nicholas? Well, I I came out of the closet in uh, actually in college w- around 1980. Well, I came out to my family I think around 1983, and then I began to come out in the media um, about a year later. Uh, I became an I, I became an activist right away because um, I realized that so many people just didn't understand what it meant to be LGBT. And that the problem wasn't the, the problem was deep seated ignorance about about um, members of my community. And I was a communications major at Arizona State University, and I knew the power of communicating. So I just decided to start going public with my uh, sexual orientation at that time in Arizona, actually, which is still a very conservative state even then, perhaps more so now. And uh, so. 
About 30 years. Wow. But, you know, an interesting part of my story, Technicia, is that I uh, I did not become HIV positive until August of 2007. And what happened was after decades of practicing safer sex and knowing how to take care of myself, I had a rare slip in my own safer sex behavior. Um, I was I was working as a foreign correspondent in Bangkok, Thailand, and uh, there were a few reasons that impacted my, I call it a collision of circumstances in a moment of passion, but I I uh, was depressed at the time and not taking as good care of myself. I had a false sense of security about remaining HIV negative so far into the epidemic. I was unaware of the 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 high incidence of HIV infection in the community that I lived. And I also was with someone who said and believed that he was HIV negative. And none of those are good reasons, but they're all human reasons. And uh, um, so, so I guess I tell that story to remind people that it only takes one sexual encounter to get exposed to HIV Another key point that's important to make is that they've learned that someone who is HIV positive who is taking the medication uh, successfully, and there's a variety of medications that are now available, but um, that they are 96% less likely to transmit the virus. So in addition to the, the positive person taking the medication to help themselves, when they're taking that medication, they're also helping their partners because they become much less infectious. So the key to the end of the uh, AIDS epidemic, short of a cure, is to test everyone who could be positive and to treat everyone who is. Therefore, you protect the progression of the disease within them and you, uh, uh, you dramatically reduce the transmission of the virus in their community. Right, and, you know, I read different reports and stuff. We want to blame the government to prevent this, but in order to prevent it, we also have the Sabi and Dawn found it. Take yourself. Don't trust anyone to give you the correct information. No one's going to come out and say, sure, I have this HIV. I want to have sex with you. They're not going to do that. And at the same time, as well, Nicholas, I want to say, too, if you are HIV positive and if your partner is the same way, still try to protect yourself because one might be sicker than the other, and and you don't want to transfer that back and forth. So that's another good note to think on. Well, and also, you know, um, uh, members of my more minority communities are um, uh, are disproportionately impacted by HIV as well. And um, as a matter of fact, next week in San Diego, I'm going to the United States Conference on AIDS. I'm going as a journalist to report about it, but it's it's produced by the the, the uh, National Minority AIDS Council. And the National Minority AIDS Council has a Facebook page. It's easy for people to find. But um, uh, and and uh, different individuals, different communities uh, deal with stigma in different ways. They deal with the discussions of sexuality in different ways. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, especially young, young kids, they have this uh, thought that they're invincible and that nothing can touch them. 
but really people and another interesting point is that um senior senior citizens who may have lost a, a longtime companion through death or divorce um are uh in the dating scene again and becoming sexually active and they they had no need to practice safer sex um in their youth and now they're at risk for HIV so HIV is very simple to prevent it's also very simple to treat if someone does end up getting uh, getting exposed um which is encouraging that the key the key is to 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 end stigma to have zero tolerance for stigma and to have universal access by uh, for people who need um who need access to testing and treatment and therefore uh have zero transmission of the virus right I totally agree with you. Especially when it comes to these young people, we have to get a hands on this. Because you're all right. They do think they're invisible. They think nothing will never happen to them. And it hits you. It hits you hard. It comes at you just like a like an earthquake. And it's very, it's hard to really try to break down and decode all this information when they give you that result. Hey, you're HIV positive. So you have to think smart. Talk to your children. Don't depend on schools to do it. Talk to your children. Get them into the know now. You can start talking about six to eight and nine years old. <laughs> My mother talked to me early, you know, so, you know, hopefully that will bring more awareness, and that's why I'm glad that you're giving this stuff to give back to the community through even having your radio show, Nicholas Snow Live, telling them more about this information because a lot of people are still clueless. But you got ignorant people and you got stupid people. Some people know and they just fail to just want to listen. But, you know, we can't help those who don't want to be helped. But can HIV, can HIV people who know their HIV status and follow their doctor's medical advice, can they live long and healthy lives, Nicholas? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, that's a key point. Um, People who know their HIV status and successfully respond to medication and follow their doctor's advice can live a long and healthy life. So the only the only the only thing I ever had the only issue that I ever experienced that as the result of becoming HIV positive was a few weeks later I got a severe flu-like illness. This is common in about 50% of the time when someone becomes HIV positive. And it was the flu-like illness and the knowledge that I had recently had on safe sex that inspired me to go and, and have an, an, another regular HIV test. Um, but uh, when I when I needed to start taking the medication and did, then within a month or two, my viral load became undetectable in my body. And that means that it's basically not progressing and that uh they and they have since learned that that would render me up to 96% less less infectious so someone who someone is who is hiv positive who is not on medication and who does not know they're hiv positive um are is uh going to be a risky sexual partner they can, they have the ability to uh transmit the virus and the the um the the viral load will be high and it will make them more infectious. But someone that's whose viral load is suppressed on medication is um, likely to live a long and healthy life. So, 
um, that's why it's important just to go get tested. Right. Why it sounds more scarier than the Ebola virus that we have out here than any other virus, but it is true. And and what if and what affects us? I mean, I think some people think since they're invisible, they think what affects society would not affect them. Since of course they're careful, they're careful about who they sleep with. Hopefully, but you look at some people, you say, oh, people who look this way, they don't have age. It's not detected that way, and that's what a lot of people is. I mean, it's kind of dumb. You think you can look at someone and say, oh. They have this, but it's not like that at all. You you could be built buff, the sexiest woman on earth or the finest man ever. That does not matter. It does not have it. And I think this comes from it cannot happen to me syndrome. People have that. They 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 have that attitude. And it's very sad. That's why this is spreading so quickly because of this attitude. And you also have people who know and don't care, so it's something that has to be done. Now, Nicholas, how does someone know whether or not, well, I, I guess we did talk about that. They can find out they're HIV positive if you just go get yourself tested. But you have to, you definitely have to go. Now, um, how can we really defeat the AIDS epidemic? Well, um, from I think one of the keys is for people living with HIV to just tell the truth about their experience with other people, to help raise consciousness, to help uh, inspire action, to help uh, fight stigma. And when I uh, when I learned I had become HIV positive, I had um, I had been appearing on national television in Thailand as a reporter on an English language show. I'd already acted in some movies and TV commercials. I'd been writing in gay media for 15, 20 years, um, and uh, I had a fairly high profile. I was also writing for one of the the, the most significant English-language uh, national gay magazines in Thailand. And, and I realized that I was living in a community that was not, uh, where there were very few people that were openly HIV positive. And um, after I had become HIV positive, but before I confirmed it, I learned that someone that I had known for a long, long time had also recently become HIV positive and had uh, decided not to share that with me, which is a decision I respect. This was not a sexual partner of mine. It was a friend. He was a friend of mine. And I, I, I honor anyone's individual right to disclose if, when, and how they choose their HIV status to someone else. But I kept wondering, if I had known that I knew someone who had recently become HIV positive, would this have impacted my own behavior? Would I have made any, any sort of different decisions? And I'll never know the answer to that question, but I decided that I wanted everyone everyone that I could reach to know that they knew someone or they knew of someone who was HIV positive. So literally within hours of learning I had become HIV positive, I started uh, communicating my story anonymously um, on websites where men, where gay men meet other men. And then I, I started crafting a plan to go public with my HIV status. So I became positive in August of 2007. I confirmed this with a test on January 3rd of 2008. 
almost immediately I started sharing what had happened to me anonymously online. And uh, in early May of 2008, I began to write a daily journal um, uh, documenting my my journey and my plans to go public uh, with my status. And then the following October, I had a press conference at the Foreign Correspondence Club of Thailand in which I announced my HIV status and started to do lots of uh, of media about it, lots of online activism. And then I ended up developing uh, the song. I wrote, I wrote the song that you played part of at the beginning of the show, The Power to Be Strong. And, uh, and that was uh, made into a music video that is actually subtitled for viewing and sharing in 20 languages on YouTube. So people can view and share the power to be strong at youtube.com slash the power to be strong. It's also available on iTunes. But at any rate, um, throughout this process, I was journaling every single day. There's all kinds of dramatic twists and turns. And I always knew that I would at some point uh, turn this journal into a book. So I have. And the name of the book is Life Positive a journey to the center of my heart. And uh, I, I write about my spiritual principles and how I put them into practice. Um, I write about the process of, of disclosing my status to my mom and my other family members and their reaction and ultimately going public and what it was like for my music video to actually get produced and, and end up on national television and it's a it's a real powerful story of experience, strength, and hope, and uh, I think it's it, it, it's um, inspiring for anyone who has a dream or who wants to make a difference with their life. I don't think they need to be issue uh, dealing in, in particular with this this specific issue. Um, I think, Technisha, that fundamentally people want to make a difference with their lives. That that's what we all ultimately want at our core to make a difference with our lives. And that's what I endeavor to do, and, and that's what I try to inspire other people to do. Well, you, well, you actually don't. You have, so, you have over a million of followers who's following you, listening to you, actually taking the steps to do the right thing. And, of course, like you said, your book is more than just talking about a person who lives with HIV. It's going into the depth of it, how to handle it, how to overcome it, Life Positive People, please pick that up. It's a journey to the center of my heart. It's a great memoir and everything. Explain all his faults, his downs, his ups, everything. What really sets your book apart from other books written on this subject, though? Because, I mean, other people have talked about probably the same situation. So what kind of makes it different? Well, um, a lot of a lot of people who have written about this topic are long-term survivors of HIV. Um, they became HIV positive early in the epidemic and, and have dealt with the, the, the journey in a, in a different way. Um, I think that uh, there's a few things that make this book very unique, and one of them is that I wrote it as I was living it. So... I'm I'm writing every single day about what is happening with me. So anyone who is re, who's reading the book is experiencing the journey with me. 
Um, and they experienced the twists and the turns in my storyline precisely as I did. Um, also, I think that what's interesting is that the book takes place not only in the United States, but it uh, takes root in uh, Singapore and in Bali and in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and in India, and ultimately back in Palm Springs, California, where I'm based. So it's a very international book. And uh, it's pr- it's pretty dramatic because uh, I don't want to give everything away, but it's just a it's it's a powerful. I just I describe it well. Actually, I, I also have uh, long term sobriety in a twelve step program, and uh, I say long term. I have thirteen years of sobriety in a particular twelve step program. And in 12-step programs, um, it's common for someone to uh, to do what they call a fourth-step inventory, where they take a fearless and searching moral inventory of themselves. And they look at their own weaknesses, what they've done wrong, uh, and they clean up their side of the street, ultimately, as they go on to work the 12 steps. And I describe this book as part 12-step program, fourth-step inventory, part reality show on paper. And uh, so, you know, I think anyone that takes the time to write a book, they should be commended and that everyone's book has special qualities about it. Um, I've uh, the, uh, My book is getting um, about 80% of the reviews are really very good, very positive reviews, and um, people are, are are touched by it, and I'm honored by that. I am too, and you're right. It does take work, but you got the book out here, so I'm very thankful for that. And also, you have another book that we'll be talking about too. So, what do you think women, girls, men, and boys may not know about HIV or AIDS that they should know? Well, uh, that reminds me of something I thought about saying earlier in the conversation. Well, mm-hmm. uh, let's just say, uh, let's just say that. Uh, a woman is choosing birth control pills to avoid getting pregnant. Well, the birth controls do not prevent the transmission of, of HIV or other sexually transmitted diseases. So um, pe- uh, people need to remember that. And I also think that it's just a really bad idea to decide to have unsafe sex with someone because they say or believe they're HIV negative because they they could have recently become HIV positive and not know it. Um, And if they recently became HIV positive and don't know it and are having unprotected sex, that's the period of time when they're most infectious. They're most capable of passing along the um, virus. Uh, The other thing, the other thing that I want to say is that HIV is not a death sentence. Um, HIV has become a chronic manageable illness that uh, that you even don't even need to be sick from. Um, and uh, so, I, I you know if there ever comes a time when my HIV does develop into AIDS, I know that that will be another emotional experience for me. But right now, uh, HIV, even though I made it a big part of my story, it's really a small part of my life. I I take uh I take one pill a day to treat my HIV virus 
and I take, uh, and a side effect of that pill is an elevation of cholesterol. So I take one other pill to deal with that. So basically, two pills a day treat my HIV, and I, I'm living a, a great life. So to anyone, to anyone who thinks that they might be at risk uh, for HIV, there, uh, if they think they could already be HIV positive. The testing has become easier to access than ever before. Um, you're based in Atlanta, and I know there's significant opportunities in Atlanta to be tested. And um, uh, so I would say just, you know, practice safe sex, get tested, right. and don't take, don't take what your partner's for granted. Right, because I think if we could just reduce the stigma – we can encourage more people just to get tested so they will know their status. I think that's, that's the bottom line. We just have to get to the nitty-gritty of it all. But we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to come back with Nicholas Snow talking more of this epidemic that's terrorizing us so drastically and also talk about his second book. So stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. Thank you. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times, when we were more active and ate more healthy foods, and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check. Change. Control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. We're back with Nicholas Snow, the renowned radio host and openly gay Talked about man nationwide. Everyone knows him, and he makes every day world AIDS day, which is on December the 1st. By promoting the HIV testing and safer sex is one of the world's leading multimedia entertainment activists. Now, also, you know, in the, um, months ago, we had Donna Sterling saying some derogatory comments towards Magic Johnson and it was just, it really just bothered me that he would say that he never actually. I'm sorry, just a second. I apologize. They're doing some construction and I had to move. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. Um, you know, he mentioned that Matt Johnson was great, but he just don't think he's a good example for the children of Los Angeles that he would go and do what he did and then get AIDS. So. What were your thoughts on that, Nicholas? Well, I think it's a tragedy that people think they need to judge judge other people that end up becoming HIV positive. You know, like, um, 
sexuality is a huge part of a human experience. And um, uh, so by judging, by judging people who are living with HIV and making them bad, bad or wrong, it serves no purposes. And um, it doesn't solve the, doesn't solve the problem. You know, we're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I, I made a conscious decision to have unsafe sex um, in a moment of weakness and I've talked about it and, um, but does that mean that I should be punished for the rest of my life? No. Does someone who eats, eats, uh, does someone who eats fatty foods, should they be, um, denied healthcare because they develop heart disease? You know, um, we're all hum- humans that are dealing with, uh, health issues. Um, some of those are prevent, many of them are preventable through education and, uh, so I, I just I think that it's not good at all to be um, to be punitive against people that have that are humans that have human experiences. Um, it's another issue if someone uh, if someone is knowingly HIV positive and they're they're intentionally maliciously passing along the disease. Um, but uh, I think that I, I just I don't agree with stigma. I think Magic Johnson is an incredibly courageous person uh, to have gone public with his, with his status at the time that he did. And I ha- I, res- I respect him. I do too. That takes courage to just come out like that, especially when you're in a certain position in front of the, in front of everyone's eyesight. So that took, that took balls to really just do that. So I, I'm kudos to him for being courageous. Now, as a journalist and as a radio host of of um, Nicholas No Live, now you just regularly, you speak of your experience living with HIV. How how has this shaped the way you think about the epidemic? Well, um, it's been seven years since I became HIV positive. And really from the moment, from within hours of learning, I had become positive. I started, well, within minutes of learning, I had become HIV positive. I told two other friends that actually had gone with me to the testing site. And um, I, uh, I have gone and followed some of my greatest dreams. I continue to strive to make a difference in the world. Um, in the face of HIV, my life has gotten really big. It's getting really big, and HIV is rather tiny. Um, but what I love most about having decided to go public with my story is that I don't have to spend any time or energy keeping that secret. I can just, you know, I'm HIV positive. I'm blonde. I'm six foot tall. These are characteristics about me. You know, it's like, and I don't, I don't have to spend any time or energy keeping it a secret. And I do know that as anybody, anybody, anybody who expresses their truth about something about which they have understanding and knowledge and experience, strength and hope, anybody who expresses their truth makes a difference for others. And my personal mission statement is to honor and express my creativity in a way that makes a difference. And, uh, at the time I at the time I was doing my uh 
my coming out in Thailand around this issue, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't developed my online radio show. I actually launched that in July of 2012 on the blog talk radio network. And I've had, uh, over 1.6 million downloads of my show in 26 months. And I don't, uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I think I might have uh, worked with you uh, when I was doing host training for the network. I think that I might have done a session with you, but I was definitely aware of you before you invited me on your show. But my show is about a, a, a broad, uh, a broad topic. You know, this is one of the topics I discover, but it's basically a broadly themed talk show. Um, but uh, I, I love, I love it. My, my personal mission statement is to honor and express my creativity in a way that makes a difference, and I like, I want to inspire other people to do the same. And you are, you doing just that. And trust and believe me, they're listening. With all the million viewers that you have, they are listening because this is something that we, we have just. Slow dragged away from. You don't hear nobody talking about it. you. Sell them to see commercials talking about getting tested. I remember years ago, that's all you used to see flash in front of you in front of the television. Go get tested, go get tested, go get tested. And now people don't even hardly talk about it. It's just fine. But um, this is what I wanted to know also, Nicholas. Is HIV different for, for women? Uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I, I am, I'm not a doctor, but HIV does. Um, impact women's bodies different from men's bodies, and uh, there. Uh, but the doctors know how to address uh, these differences. Um, another important aspect regarding this, this, uh, the women is that um, an HIV positive woman, uh, there's no reason she needs to give birth to an HIV positive baby. They have the the science to prevent that from happening. Um, also, in a, in in a situation where um, uh, a woman may be HIV negative and the husband is HIV or her partner is HIV positive and they want to conceive a child, they can actually conceive a child the old-fashioned way because of the modern medication and the way that the uh, the medication prevents transmission to the mother and to the baby. And in the case where the father is HIV negative but the mother is HIV positive, they can also conceive the old-fashioned way, protect the husband, and, and give birth to an HIV negative baby. So um, it is equal. It, it, it is it is just as important for uh, an expectant mother to have an HIV test. I think it's actually a r- routine part of uh, prenatal screening um, because of of the uh protection of the child of of the of the of the, the the forthcoming baby but uh yeah there are subtle differences the way that HIV impacts women versus men and doctors know how to deal with that issue right and i mean this i mean it's just that fear about how the HIV status will affect your children your spouses your friends and your family so just be if, if you are in that position just be careful because it can't go to your baby. But I think they do have ways that they can give you a child medicine because my friend was in the same situation and they ended up giving her medicine to give to her baby. So the baby went end up with it. But just be careful not to get in that situation. Now, also, you know, you hear people describing this stigma as crippling. Do you think we're making any headway in, di- in diminishing it? 
Um, what did you say is described as crippling? Um, HIV, they describe this stigma as being crippling, just having it. Oh, the stigma. Yes, the stigma. Yes, the stigma is is really, the stigma is much more harmful than the HIV itself in so many ways because the HIV can be treated. Um, but, um, you know, this, the same way that we fight ignorance on any in, any issue is the same way that we need to tackle stigma against those of us living with HIV. And um, we need to all be educated. We need to have knowledge and compassion. Um, And uh, it helps people when they know they know someone um, who, like, you know, I I started my activism around LGBT issues. And at the time, like decades ago, there was a study that said that people who don't know they know someone who is LGBT will vote against laws that support us. And people who do know that they know someone who is part of the LGBT community will support laws that help us. And it's really the same about any issue. If if people don't know that it's an issue that impacts themselves or their friends, they're not going to pay attention to it. But once we realize that that we're talking about people in our own families, in our own communities, in our own churches, in our own schools, um, then we... Uh, we address those things differently. So um, I personally don't feel like my life is uh, crippled by stigma against someone living with HIV. I came out uh, as an HIV positive person in a part of the world where very few people do disclose at a public level. And to my surprise, I still, uh, I still uh, received work as an actor. Um, Some of some of the things that were part of my life disappeared, um, which I didn't find completely surprising. But uh, the key to the end of stigma is for everyone to be educated, loving, and compassionate, and treat their neighbor as themselves. And uh, for and and the way that that will happen is, when people like me who can share our stories as as living with HIV do, we help advance that process. We help fight the stigma by our own self-disclosure. Within a community, that we'll actually be able to solve this problem one day. And you know, I think people are not as scared like they were years ago when you first were unknown of this disease. Now people, they are they starting to come out a little bit more, becoming slightly more educated on the fact of it all, and they can understand that you and whoever else. You're just regular people. You're going through life like everybody else. I do the exact same thing like you, except I just have a disease. But that does not change. Nicholas, no, they are not. He's the still same man who who you was friends with yesterday, who you'll be friends with today. People think that's supposed to change something. And the only ones who it changes are the ones who weren't your friend in the first place. That's all I can say. If they weren't your friends at all, then they're going to keep on moving. Well, also, yes, there are ultimately people that we'll we'll share with that um, Mm -hmm. react negatively or adversely. Some of them do come around. Some of them don't, you know. So that's just a fact of life. But um, I, uh, you know, interestingly, my family was uh, my family was basically okay when they learned I was gay, and they were they were also okay. 
when they learned I was HIV positive, where they were shocked was when they learned I had become a Democrat. Because <laughs> most of my family are Republicans. So they were more shocked by the fact that I was a Democrat than anything else. <laughs> now, that is, that is hilarious. <laughs> not, not what I'm going through. They ain't hear nothing else, but did he just say he a Democrat? Like, really? Like, that's really Yes, how exactly. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I was talking to my grandmother. I was in there. I was in California, and she was in Arizona. And we were having this conversation about pol- uh, about politics. And all of a sudden, she goes, uh, "My family, they call me Nick. Everyone else calls me Nicholas." But she goes, "Nick, are you a registered Democrat?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I have been ever since. <laughs> yeah, that is. Funny. I didn't hear nothing else, but you said Democrat. That's it. Conversation's over with. Well, and speaking of which, thank thank goodness for Care uh, Care Act because I'm I'm delighted today by the as a beneficiary of the Affordable Care Act. Um, so that that's having a real impact in my life and the lives of people that many people that I know. The Affordable Care Act is one of the most important things to ever happen in the United States for the good, and. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm staying alive today because of it. Well, I'm glad that you've given a positive note on that because I have had people to say they have a different opinion about it. So I'm glad to hear a positive note. I think sometimes if we could just look a little bit deeper, we could find the positive things. We're always so quick to make everything so negative sometimes, but you know that that's the world negative, and you got the positive. Now, Nicholas, what gives you the greatest hope in the fight against HIV? Well, I think one of the most exciting things to happen was the 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 scientific proof in recent years that people who are successfully treated with medication are up to 96% less likely to transmit the virus. So um, as we... As we uh, encourage HIV testing to become a very routine part of ongoing life uh, and people learn their HIV status and begin to get treatment, therefore they stay healthy, they become less infectious, and therefore their partners stay healthy and their community stays healthy and so forth. So I think it's extremely promising that the... um, that the science has evolved so much and um, uh, new transmissions are in some communities are leveling off and even decreasing. Um, so this is, this is very good news. Um, there's still a lot, a lot of work yet to be done. Um, and uh, I, I haven't been to an official uh, AIDS conference in quite a while. So I'm looking forward to, being at the United States Conference on AIDS in San Diego next week. As I mentioned, it's being produced by the National Minority AIDS Council. Um, And especially because I'm doing interviews like this, I'd love to be uh, um, aware of the current key talking points in terms of uh, fighting the HIV-AIDS epidemic. Um, But I'm, I'm very excited and positive and hopeful. Um, I had the opportunity to travel to Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I didn't have the book at the time, but I had my song. And I appeared in a variety of media, and I also 
uh, did live performances of my song, and I talked about the local effort to inspire people to have HIV tests. And um, But now I have my book as well. So what I want to be doing is I want to travel to a particular community in conjunction with a local HIV AIDS service organization. I'd love to do performances of my song and community events or churches or wherever, read from my book and uh, just be continue to be an inspirational uh, role model, talk about my own mistakes so people can avoid those mistakes themselves, and uh, just keep on making every day of my life something that, that makes a difference. Right, and I mean, just sharing your personal experiences with others so that your spirit can empower everyone else and educate them on how to live life stress-free. I think that's wonderful. And just to look at a brighter future, despite the statuses or illnesses they may have. Now, also, you have another book out, A Return to Brokeback Mountain. As probably many have. I know I have seen the movie Brokeback Mountain. So is this book in regards to that movie? Um, yes, it's called A Return to Brokeback Mountain, Photos and Interviews from the Historic Hollywood Premiere. So I'm also an entertainment journalist, and I was at the red carpet premiere of the film in Hollywood. Um, and I interviewed uh, uh, the the producers. I interviewed the screenwriter. I interviewed Annie Prue, who wrote the original short story. I interviewed some of the celebrities in attendance. I interviewed Ang Lee, the director. And um, I uh, took a, a lot of historical photographs. So I actually put together a little ebook. Um, it's discounted now. It's available on Kindle. It's only four ninety nine, and it's uh, a return to Brokeback Mountain photos and videos from the historic Hollywood premiere. And it just takes people to that night and what it was like and what people were saying and gives people a, 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 a clear picture of what happened before that movie became a global phenomenon. Oh wow! You got the insight. And everything. That's out there a great movie, and it was very open. And I'm glad they did a movie such as that because, you know, people still on the same BS every day about that this is just a gay disease or it's an African American disease. And no, it's not every color, race, creed, don't matter, origin, whoever you are, you can still get it. It will target you. I remember I had a ugly comment on my Facebook page one day, and the young lady stated that, oh, I thought it was just African-American, and I said myself, I didn't even respond. I just blocked out because I said in my mind, you're just so ignorant, you're so lost, and that's why this disease is carrying on like this, because we have all these lost souls out here that don't know. Well, you know, also, another important point I want to make before we wrap up is that uh, there are there are people who um, uh, assume that they are in monogamous relationships, but the fact of the matter is, they their partners may be stepping out on them with other right. men, with other with with men, with women, etc. And of course, um, the challenges the challenges facing a man of color regarding coming out are very different from the challenges facing a Caucasian man when coming out of the closet. So the phenomenon, the phenomenon of being on the DL as a, as a man who has sex with men um, uh, in certain communities is more pervasive, and there's more pressure on that person to 
keep their sexuality a secret and uh, and um, have it manifest itself in dark corners of their lives. And uh, so there's a whole variety of reasons why people who are sexually active with others want to have routine HIV testing unless they know for a fact that they're HIV negative, their partner is HIV negative, and they have a long-term monogamous relationship that can be trusted. Um, but in the absence of that, it's uh, important for people to testing, have tests. And, you know, there's a new there's a new option available. It's called pre-exposure prophylaxis. It's referred to as PrEP. And that's where people who are HIV negative, who who could be at risk for HIV, they start taking a particular medication on a daily basis that dramatically decreases their ability to be exposed. So uh, I, I would suggest everyone talk to their uh, their healthcare provider about the best way to 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 figure out if they're HIV positive and access treatment, or figure out if they're HIV negative and remain that way. Um. One question before we actually go, Nicholas, how often should you take an HIV test? Um, if someone is sexually active with uh, multiple partners on a regular basis, um, A, I think it's important to really make sure you're having safer sex in that environment, but I would have a, an HIV test every three to six months in that in that um, situation. And... Um, uh outside of that uh i would i would say just you know uh wh- when you feel like you need one most people most people are going to know well do should they have an hiv test i think people who have never had an hiv test but have been sexually active they should have they should go out and have one just to um just to uh give themselves peace of mind right i was getting tested of- about every 6 months Every, about every oh. six months, I was having an HIV test, but I was at the time very, uh, very good about practicing safe sex. Um, it was just that one situation that I, I just talked about where I, I had a slip. But um, people should feel comfortable with HIV testing, knowing that it's free, free in most situations, anonymous, or at least confidential widely available in larger communities. It can be done from with a simple oral swab, actually. Right, and now they have the home testing kits that are available, so you could take it in the privacy of your own home, which is a great idea. If you just feel uncomfortable to be in front of someone else. But, Nicholas, when and where can we listen to the Nicholas Snow Live? Um, well, if, if you go to nicholassnowlive.com, you'll find a link to the book, the music video, the podcast, um, my recent blogs, photographs, everything. Um, so uh, my show is often on several times a week. Um, I am on hiatus for a couple of weeks because, as you know, on Blog Talk Radio, we use our computers to broadcast our shows, and my computer was okay. sent away for repairs. So I'm uh, taking a couple of weeks off. But they can find the book in paperback at lifepositivebook.com. Uh, find it at Amazon for in paperback and on Kindle. And they can find the music video uh, in subtitled in 20 languages at youtube.com slash the power to be strong. Well, I do thank you so much for your insight and taking out the time to bring awareness to the community around us. 
Well, I thank you for everything you're doing and for having me on the show. It's really been an honor. Oh, you're welcome, Miss. Miss, I hope one day we could join up and we can do some things together because I went to school for journalism, too, so I definitely am inspired by that. For sure. Please use me as a resource. Email me, call me, ask me questions. I'm happy to be here for you. Thank you. God bless you, Nicholas. You too, Technisha. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Every, everyone, before I go, because Nicholas has really inspired all of us, I want to just give you the truth of the day for my friend Mary Ellen. The only thing in life you can't control is your thoughts. You might watch control your spouse, your kids, your job situation, even yourself. And the only thing you can truly control is the thoughts you choose to think. Simply rewind yourself to let thoughts go. What good does it do to dwell on a negative thought? When you feel stuck, take a deep, calming breath, gently watching your thoughts pass by without acting upon them or judging them. Today, understand the only thing you are really in charge of is your mind, your thoughts, Enjoy the day, everyone, and make sure that you go out and you get yourself tested because no one can protect you like you can protect yourself. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.